friends. My name is Joe Franks. This is Thursday, February 9th. The podcast is Unfathomable Grace because God's grace is unfathomable. You can study it all your days and never get to the end. It just becomes more marvelous as we grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he has done. How great is the love of God. How great is his grace. Unfathomable. Today, I want to talk to you from Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, one verse. But let me set the context. There were only two camps at this point in time, two teams, two sides, two seeds, two lineages. None were neutral. None were found in the middle. You couldn't straddle the fence. There was no, no man's land. On one side was Satan, his demons, and his earthly followers who persistently disobeyed God, ignored his law, discounted his holiness, and spurned his common grace. They're called Satan's seed, children of the devil, and they included Cain, Lamech, and their descendants. And what was it that characterized this line? According to the early chapters of Genesis, they were the vile thugs who wrote songs lauding their sin lauding their covetousness, proclaiming their polygamy, their hatred, and their ruthless vengeance. That was one side, one team, Satan's team. On the other side was God, his faithful angels, and certain revived, repenting children of Adam and Eve. And what characterized this line? Moses writes in Genesis 4, verse 26, at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. What characterized this team? They walked and talked with God. The redeemed were men and women of prayer. Prayer was the chief defining characteristic of God's family, the elect. And so we asked Jesus to teach us to pray. The disciples asked him, we might as well. We asked Jesus not only to teach us what to pray and and how to pray, but to motivate us to pray. This should be our defining characteristic as well. For Jesus said, my house, it's a house of prayer. So when should we pray? Well, let's start with our prayer closets in the morning. And then let's walk with Jesus throughout the day, spontaneously uttering up prayers to him kind of like to think of prayer as thinking with Jesus, just talking with him about life and filtering it through the truth that we find in his word, communing with the spirit, whether we eat, drink, or whatever we do, doing it all to glorify God, but doing it all in the spirit of prayer. And then what do we do when we see our children? Sometime during the day, we grab our family and we pray. That can be at meals, as is traditionally done in Christian cultures. But there can also be that thing we call family church or family devotions where we gather and we model with our family how to be grateful for what God is doing. In my own life, I think I could do better if I would just turn off the TV and spend some time in prayer with my God before my eyes closed for the evening. I know in our church, we don't have that traditional midweek prayer meeting, but we do have small groups. And what's one of the major reasons that we have small groups, accountability groups, life groups, discipleship groups, whatever we call them? It's to express our needs and hear those of others and then go together to God in prayer, praying for one another, offering the gospel balm to one another, 
participating in supplicating and in asking for God to intercede. It's an incredible thing to be with Jesus and his disciples in a small group prayer meeting. And that's what we do in our community groups. Those are seasons of prayer. And then comes Sunday. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem so odd to spend lengthy times in spoken prayer or have many songs to utter forth harmonic prayer. It becomes the highlight of our week, this joint service, when all of our community groups and families get together and we sing our prayers of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We hear God's word, but even while we're hearing it, we pray before it's delivered and we pray while it's being delivered that the Spirit of God may affect our hearts. And then when we come forward for the sacraments of baptism or the Lord's Supper, that's another time of worshipful prayer as we thank God for salvation, as we pray to God for the salvation of our covenant children, and as we rejoice in a spirit of prayer uh, as we're collecting the bread and the wine in order to pray as we take of the sacrament. These are means of grace salted with prayer. The entire service is communion. The entire service is really nothing more than two-way communication. In the whole service on Sunday, it's just God talking to us and us responding in prayer. And because prayer is powerful and effective, if we pray more, We should experience the Lord's working more and more in our closet as we drive along the way, as we partake in our daily business, as we sit and enjoy our meals, as we gather with our family in the evening, as we gather in our small groups and finally in worship. Oh, that we would be people who pray more and more. It says in Genesis 4, 26, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Friends, this fantastic and gracious blessing awaits us. Let's fall on our faces, get on our knees, raise our hands in the air and dance before the Lord. Let's have a little talk with Jesus and tell him all about our troubles. Sure, feel free to go to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. But whatever you do, enjoy your sweet hours of prayer. And in the words of Hebrews, boldly go before the throne of grace. Let's be a Christian today. Let's enjoy our birthright. Let's call on the name of the Lord and be blessed.